0: Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, Dolphins fans? This is your host Kyle Krabs. Welcome to Locked On Dolphins. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Visit builtbar.com and use promo code Locked Fifteen, and you'll save fifteen percent on your next order of the world's most tasty protein bar. As I said, I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, director of scouting at the DraftNetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, and I hope you had a better weekend than Isaiah Wilson did. The Dolphins, uh, over the course of the weekend, just a few short days after trading for former 2020 first-round pick Isaiah Wilson, cut Isaiah Wilson. Wilson was the 29th pick in the 2020 NFL draft by the Tennessee Titans, and the Dolphins secured him as a part of a seventh-round pick swap with Tennessee when the league calendar year began last week. There will be inevitably some criticism, commentary, however you want to phrase it, skepticism about the Dolphins making such a move, but there was, in the big picture point of view, when you got all the facts, literally no risk of the Dolphins making this decision. They clearly liked Isaiah Wilson's tape at the University of Georgia. He is very much their type as far as an athlete goes, but Isaiah Wilson, the person, is greatly struggling with the responsibilities of being a young man and being a multimillionaire because he signed a, a, an NFL contract as a first round pick. And the Dolphins said, No, nah, we're good. Thanks. Uh, the Dolphins will owe nothing against the salary cap. His transgressions in Tennessee last year voided all guarantees in his contract, which means the Dolphins sent a 2021 seventh round pick to Tennessee for a 2022 seventh round pick and Isaiah Wilson who they since cut and will have no dead cap space penalized against them for the move. Because there is no cap ramifications after trading for Isaiah Wilson, there was no risk whatsoever in making this move. So I like this kind of turn over the stone, and we've seen the Dolphins do this a lot in this regime specifically. These these low risk, high reward players with some off the field troubles are the ones that the Dolphins have gravitated towards. Isaiah Wilson is just the latest example, and he's not the first that's flopped for Miami. Remember Mark Walton. Mark Walton was a former running back with the Cincinnati Bengals who the Dolphins brought in. He played half a season, ended up having to serve a four game suspension, and then was involved in a domestic incident. While serving his suspension, Dolphins like cut him on the spot. Dolphins' decision to cut Isaiah Wilson's stem from he was late for his team orientation, uh, he was late for his physical, and he no-showed two voluntary workouts that he had committed to. So yeah, for a guy who's on extremely thin ice, best of luck to you. Uh, but I don't mind the Dolphins' making the move in the first place because there are no cap ramifications with the voided guarantees. And uh, this was the example I remember being asked when this deal was verbally agreed upon. You know, does this eliminate the need for potentially Penesul Sewell or a high-end offensive tackle? Now, this guy had to prove to everybody that he was serious about playing football, and he's not. So the Dolphins from here... Consider them back in the offensive tackle market, not that they ever left because you couldn't count on Isaiah Wilson until he proved otherwise, Uh, but no holds barred as far as adding to the offensive line. I think everything is within conversation. Everything should be within conversation. And that's not the only position group that I feel that way about uh, as it pertains to the NFL draft, specifically, which is in 39 days, 40 days. It's just around the corner. The edge group for the Dolphins is, I would say, the the best word to describe the outlook for the edge group right now for uh, the Dolphins in free agency is problematic because the Dolphins are a team who is very strict about signing players to their roster who are older players. They have not done a lot of this other than like Ryan Fitzpatrick in their two-plus years of this regime working together. Everybody's been young. They want to be able to have a little bit of a runway with players. So you look at some of the best names that are available in the edge or defensive end or rush linebacker, however you want to verbalize that position group, Remember, Shaq Lawson's gone. He was traded for Bernardrick McKinney. Kyle Noy was cut outright. So like your leaders in the clubhouse for your rush room are Van Ginkle and Agba. And those are perfectly fine complementary pieces. But we said at the beginning of the offseason, if the Dolphins want to chase down the Buffalo Bills, they need guys that can win one-on-ones with consistency. Your top guys in the free agent market are like the Justin Hustons of the world, the Melvin Ingrams of the world, the Ryan Kerrigans of the world. These guys are all thirty plus. So if this that's the case, and the Dolphins are going to continue to remain disciplined and not adding these guys to the picture, where do you go? Like, you, <laughs> there's no free agents to sign. The most appealing free agent under the age of thirty in the edge group is Jadavion Clowney, who's turned his nose up at the Dolphins before. And I understand it's it's not personal, right? It's business. It's just like that, you know, Kyle Van Noy wanted to make him getting cut by the Dolphins personal. It's a cap casualty. It is what it is. Davion Clowney didn't want to come play here in 2019. Decided to go to Seattle, but he's been underwhelming and hurt for two seasons now, since leaving Houston and turning his nose up to the Dolphins. I doubt the Dolphins would tell him to kick kick rocks or pounce in. But it's it's pretty hard to get on board with the idea of, yeah, man, this this is the guy who's going to help fix the edge group when he's had trouble, trouble staying healthy. And he pretty much held out until the start of the season last year and signed with Tennessee. So I don't think Clowney's a feasible answer for the Dolphins either. And we saw Terrell Basham came off the board. So this is a serious question. Where do you go? Carlos Dunlap on the market, 32. Justin Houston, 32. Ryan Kerrigan, 33. Tyrone Crawford, 32. Everson Griffin, 34. Adrian Claiborne, 33. John Simon, 31. Ziggy Ansah, 32. Vinnie Curry, 33. Tano Passigno from Kansas City. That might be the most appealing guy. Do we want to sign Cassius Marsh, who's 29, from Pittsburgh? We can't even go look for a guy like Dietrich Weiss, who signed a four-year, $30 million extension uh, with the Patriots this offseason. So if the Dolphins want to upgrade offensive tackle, you're at the, the position where it should be in, in the conversation to be had for the NFL draft. If you want to improve the edge group, it has to be in the NFL draft. And that's where I think the Dolphins' conversation for their edge group gets most interesting because you start looking at the the landscape of the 2021 edge class and your strike zone to get an improvement player over what Miami currently has, uh, you don't have a lot of wiggle room to work with. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Football may be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are all in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, television shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets. And it's free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code LOCKED ON. Further complicating the forecast for the Edge Group is some of the Dolphins' stereotypical preferences. Uh, they are not a team that's really going to gravitate towards these 245-pound guys unless they plan on playing them at the Van Ginkle linebacker role, in which case you have to have shown that you have the versatility to play in a two-point and play in space a little bit. So if I'm looking for down linemen for the Dolphins that are going to be an improvement upon what they currently have at the position. As a traditional hand-in-the-dirt, 4'3 defensive end, rusher off the edge. If have Pay, University of Michigan, 6'4", 277 pounds. Uh, he's rumored to run a three-cone in under six and a half seconds, which if you're familiar with three-cones, uh, for edge rushers, regardless of your weight, under seven seconds is great. And he runs at a half second faster than that. At almost 280 pounds. Athletically on Bruce Feldman's freak list, one of the top freakish athletes in all of college football. Quiddy Pay from Michigan. His forecasted draft range is somewhere in the first round. Top 20 would not be a surprise. He's a contender for the number 18 overall pick if the Dolphins are not committed to drafting Najee Harris there. Jalen Phillips another defense event, University of Miami. So he knows his way around South Florida pretty darn well. he came over from UCLA, six foot five, 260 pounds, a much more refined pass rusher than pay uh, and Phillips has better tape than quitty pay For my money, Jalen Phillips has the best tape as a pass rusher in the 2021 NFL draft. So where's the fine print? The fine print is right here. Jalen Phillips had a multitude of injury issues at UCLA. Uh, He had wrist, ankle, and concussion issues that eventually led to him medically retiring from the Bruins program before transferring over to UCLA and coming out and just being an absolute monster this season on the field for the Hurricanes. How much do I like Jalen Phillips? If you remove the -the off-the-field dynamics, if you remove the red flags that I am not qualified to speculate on, but if I just look at Jalen Phillips, the football player, and his execution and fundamentals and pass rush and impact plays, Jalen Phillips, for me personally, is the most talented defensive prospect in the 2021 NFL Draft. He checks every box. So if the Dolphins are feeling lucky and they want to go out and they want to pursue another guy with some medical concerns, uh, obviously the fact that he was willing to walk away from the game is another red flag that has to be vetted. That's all messy, and and I don't have the answers for that. And the Dolphins are going to have to vet that and decide whether or not they would be comfortable with it. But if he's on the board at 18, and you are comfortable with his medical forecast, with his medical history, his past injuries, and his willingness to walk away from the game, if you you put all that into account and you're still willing to, to draft this player with a top 20 pick, that's your fix for the edge group. Jalen Phillips is everything the Dolphins need. And I've kind of been like slowly committing to, based on the information that I'm ever going to have, which is not medicals. I'm not going to be able to give him a physical examination and, and access his, his medical history. I can only ba- gauge it off of Jalen Phillips, a football player. Phenomenal NFL draft talent phenomenal natural ability. You're talking about the ability as a 260-pound guy to win with speed off the edge, run directly through your face if you're going to soft-set him. and if you I mean, if you're going to be quick to jump out of your stance and try and counter his speed, and you allow your base to narrow because he presses you up the field, uh, if he catches you with a narrow base and your feet aren't tethered to the ground, he will walk you back into the quarterback. Some of his... Upper body mobility uh, is really, really unique as far as slipping punches at first contact and and being able to find creases to attack and press into gaps. Uh, Jalen Phillips, he's a real deal as a prospect. So he's the one I'm going to put the star next to as we continue to work through some of these other guys like Aziz Ojalari from the University of Georgia. He's fringe. Uh, he's six foot three, two 249 pounds at his pro day. Uh, he had a really good at set of athletic testing. I get some Dante Fowler vibes out of Aziz Ojolari. And I don't think that disqualifies him for the Dolphins, especially because he checked in at nearly 250. But he's not going to meet the prototype. Like, you think about Emmanuel Agba. I think Emmanuel Agba is a great example. When you look at his... Athletic profile coming out of Oklahoma State. Emmanuel Agba, six foot four, two hundred and seventy-three pounds, thirty-five and a half inch arms. He ran 4'63 in the 40 with a 158-10 yard split. So historically speaking, uh, weight at 273 for defensive ends is top two thirds in the league. 35 and a half inch arms is 94th percentile of edge defenders. Uh, the 4.63 and the 1.58 are both 91st percentile for defensive ends coming through the NFL draft combine, according to mockdraftable.com, which is a great resource if you're looking for historical context. The tests in which Emmanuel Ogba excelled was speed and power. The, his vertical jump was in the 79th percentile, 35 and a half inches. His broad jump of 10 feet 1 inch for a 273-pound dude, 82nd percentile. But the shuttles, the three-cone drill and the 20-yard shuttle, uh, he was below the 50th percentile in both tests. This is very much the hallmark of a power rusher uh, somebody who has the ability to play for, through your face—that's kind of what makes Quiddi Pay so rare—is he has all of those traits to be a power rusher. The size of 277—he's got long arms. Uh, he's linear, you know, straightforward, very explosive. But he also has the agility. Jalen Phillips isn't quite to that size. Aziz Jalari is way underneath that strike zone. If you're looking at two. 275 is ideal. You're talking about a guy who's 26 pounds beneath that. That makes him a little bit of a tough sell for the Dolphins' system. Gregory Rousseau, another guy from Miami, 6'5", 260 pounds. I'm hoping we can get Gregory Rousseau wherever he ends up landing as a prospect. Up around 280 pounds. Because Rousseau has lots of flashes on tape on the in the B-gap and playing down inside. And doing a lot of the things that the Houston Texans did with Jadavion Clowney and allowed him to make a splash as a run defender, Gregory Rousseau is physically capable of doing the same things. But he needs to be functionally stronger than what he was in 2019 when he was a redshirt freshman and was playing at like 260. The good news for Gregory Rousseau is he's a former high school wide receiver. So he's going to have plenty of room to stack onto his frame. We have been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for quite a while now. Built Bar is an amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all of their bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best, courtesy of Built Bar Madness, a tournament pitting the top flavors against one another. You want to follow along. You want your voice to be heard. Go to BiltBar.com or Bar underscore built on Twitter. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BiltBar.com. And check back to see who won all of the matchups to claim the title of the most delicious protein bar of the world's most delicious protein bar. So I haven't told you anything if you're a casual NFL draft fan that you don't already know. Those are your typical names atop the draft. You look at some of the the weights of the other guys, Joseph Fasai, Joe Tryon, uh, these are guys, Quincy Roche, these are guys who are in the 240s, 250s. Ronnie Perkins, 251 listed at from Oklahoma. Who are the guys that have that like Emmanuel Agba like build? One is Jason Owe from Penn State, Redshirt sophomore. Very, very green. He's very, very angular with his build. He's another one who's going to have to stack on weight. But if you're the Dolphins and you want to be competitive, that's probably not a direction you're going to want to go. Carlos Basham Jr. is a name to watch from Wake Forest. 6'3", 281. I don't think he has the same pure length as like what Agba did coming out. But he's plenty dense, and he can hold a point of attack, and he's one of these unspectacular guys with his physical tools, but he's a power rusher through and through. Carlos Basham could probably be had at 81. Probably. Unless there's a red-hot run on edge rushers, but over at the Draft Network, we have, and our, our scouting staff is, is vetting, cross-checking these guys, versus what the regional scout gave them as we speak. But as of right now, in our consensus rankings, we have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, not a math guy, 9, 10, 11, 12. 12 edge rushers ahead of Carlos Basham. We've got three in the top 20, Pei, Phillips, Ogilari. Four in the top 32, Gregory Rousseau. And then you get a big chunk between like 40 and 75. You get like seven guys. Carlos Basham currently rated 93rd on the TDN consensus rankings. Another name to watch, Peyton Turner from Houston, 6'5", 270 pounds. He has really, really long arms. What's interesting about Peyton Turner is he came to the University of Houston as a 250-pound recruit, got all the way up to 290 pounds, as a guy who played all across the line and then trimmed down to 270 for the senior bowl. Multiple front defense type player. He can play on the strong side as a hand in the dirt defensive end. He can play shaded inside as a 4I or a B gap defender. So Peyton Turner has the length, he has the ability, to, the weight fluctuation skills to be a multiple front defense contributor. He's somebody I would peg for the Dolphins as... 81's probably the ceiling where you would draft him as well. But there's other guys available. Cameron Sample from Tulane went down the senior role. 6'3", 275, 274. Uh, He's been playing stand-up rush linebacker, defensive tackle, defensive end. Granted, it's at Tulane, so he played in the American Conference, the AAC. But... He has the physical build to make a mark on the Dolphins. And the Dolphins, you know, they're very top heavy with their draft class this year. They've got two ones, two twos, a three, a four, and then nothing again until the seventh round. They have two picks in the seventh round, as things currently stand in our schedule. So you're going to have a big wait unless you maneuver around the board. But you're going to have to either trade players or trade down to load up on day three picks. So a guy like Cameron Sample, maybe 123, which was where I believe the Dolphins' fourth-round pick is, would be of interest. Janarius Robinson from Florida State, 6'5", 266. Some of these Notre Dame kids. Adekumbo Ogundiji, 6'4", 256. Another senior bowl guy. Length for days. He's got that Emmanuel Agba length. Dalen Hayes, from, also from Notre Dame, 6'3 261 pounds. You got some options later in the window, but you have to pay attention to the size based on the Dolphins' trends at the position because the other big addition that they had outside of Emmanuel Agba on the edge is a pure, like, hand-in-the-dirt kind of guy. I'm not qualifying Kyle Van Noy because he would rather play off the ball as compared to putting his hand on the dirt and rushing uh, as a 4 3 defensive end is Shaq Lawson, who's since been traded, of course, to the Houston Texans. Shaq Lawson, coming out of Clemson before he was made a first round pick, checked a lot of the same boxes that Emmanuel Agba did 6 3, 270, 32 and 3 quarter inch arms. So not quite as long as Agba, but he was plus 50th percentile in his 40-yard dash, his 10-yard split, his vertical jump, his broad jump, Uh, and he actually had reasonable shuttles. But you watch Shaq Lawson play, and I think functionally speaking, we all knew that that he wasn't a guy who had great lateral agility and bend off the edge. Otherwise, he would have had a lot more sack production. So just be aware of what the Dolphins are looking for as we're trying to peg you know, and that's not to say that they might go off the reservation and be comfortable with Aziz Ojolari playing a rush linebacker role in what like Vince Beagle and Andrew Van Ginkle are going to play for the Dolphins up front. But if you're talking about a pure defensive end, I'm looking at Pay, I'm looking at Phillips, I'm looking at Rousseau, I'm looking at Jason Owe from Penn State. I'm looking at Carlos Basham, Peyton Turner, Cameron Sample, Janarius Robinson. These are the kind of names to know each varying degree along the way. Which ones would actually be upgrades for the Dolphins in 2021? That's the million-dollar question. I think you can look at the top of the draft, and you've got two, maybe three, that are day one upgrades over what you have and Phillips. The good news is one of the two should be available to you at 18. The bad news is if you wait until 36 both are probably gone and then you get into Gregory Rousseau territory who is a major projection because he didn't play in 2020 and he played at 260 and I'm not going to want him to play at 260. I'm going to want him to play at 275, 280. and The Dolphins probably would too. And if that sounds crazy just remember what they did with Raekwon Davis. And bulked him up to three thirty something. Carlos Bastum Jr. probably has the ceiling of Shaq Lawson as a player. So you could bring him in as a day two guy and he could take viable snaps for the Dolphins. But he's not gonna move the needle, in my opinion the way the Dolphins would need an upgrade to do in order to walk away from this offseason and say, mission accomplished, we fixed the pass rush. So, unless they trade for somebody, go off the reservation and trade for somebody, Miami's got a narrow, slight window to make this work. And you've only got so many picks to do it. Be fascinated to see what direction they go. Be fascinated to see how many of you guys come back. Tomorrow's Power to the Pod. We took last week off. And uh, obviously there was a a lot of news that transpired throughout the course of the week last week. I'm looking forward to hearing from each and every one of you. Power to the Pod is our fan mailbag series. So you can leave a five-star review of the podcast on your listening device of choice. And I'll make sure to get as many of those as possible. Or you can tweet at LockedOnFins with a PH. And whatever time we have left over, I will make sure to turbo round as many of those as possible. Just please understand, inevitably, when I do Twitter questions, I end up getting 65 to 70 of them. It's impossible I'm going to get them all. But I love hearing from all of you. I try to read as many as I can. I try and pick the most compelling ones to bring to the show. And sometimes I even turn that into written content over at Dolphins Bar. So ask me a question. Football-related, preferably Dolphins-related. Every once in a while, we'll take a a non-football question. So don't be shy. Kyle Krabs, thanks as always for listening. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your Monday, and I hope to see you all back in the queue tomorrow. Fins up.